Guess who's back? Back again. My bookie's back. Tell a friend. That's right, DJs. Proud to say that we're once again being brought to you by my bookie. But just because they weren't paying us doesn't mean we haven't been giving them some love. I still use my bookie to this date, and you should too. Why? Because March is about to get crazy. Insane. Maybe even a little mad. If you're still on the hunt for a sportsbook to call home, bet the nonstop action of March Madness with my bookie. Enter bracket contests for a chance to take home prizes of up to 25,000 big ones, or pick from a huge selection of straight bets, props, and odds boosts. Whatever your style, my bookie makes it easy to play your way and get paid. Sign up now, take advantage of their generous welcome offer to score a massive first deposit bonus up to $1,000. All you have to do is use the promo code DEGENS, that's D-E-G-E-N-S, but the fun doesn't stop there. Get up-to-the-minute odds, free bets, and expert predictions to help you decide who to put your money on. The best part about MyBookie, you can bet on anything, anytime, anywhere. Use the promo code DEGENS to secure your limited-time welcome bonus today. Bet MGM has an unreal deal for sports fans in Virginia. Turn $5 into $150 instantly when you place your first wager at Bet MGM. Simply download the Bet MGM app and sign up using code CHAMPION150. Then, place a $5 wager on any sport. You'll receive $150 in bonus bets, regardless of your wager's outcome. And if you think the fun stops there, the king of sportsbooks has plenty of surprises in store. Check out daily promotions, same game parlays, live bets and so much more download the app in virginia today and get 150 dollars in bonus bets instantly from your first wager only at betmgm betmgm and GameSense remind you to play responsibly see betmgm.com for terms 21 plus only virginia only new customer offer subject to eligibility requirements rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days please gamble responsibly gambling problem call 1-800-GAMBLER promotional offer not available in washington dc absolute sports betting degeneracy Hey everybody, Arch here, and it's a it's a little earlier than normal, but we are back talking horse racing with Rich. Rich, what's up? Uh, you guys get me up early in the morning to do all the baseball, basketball, and hockey stuff, so we might as well do the horse racing stuff right away too. Yeah, yeah, you're starting to live normal hours again, Rich. Yeah, normal. Yeah, sort of normal. I used to get up really early in the morning for the kids to go to school, but COVID had me um, accustomed to getting some a little extra sleep. I'm kind of lost that now. Up late at night, crunching numbers for horse racing, sports, so we can talk about them on air. Yeah. Well, we all appreciate the sacrifices you're making, Rich. <laughs> I know. <laughs> <laughs> so what's kind going like on? in my house, right, with the family, just completely taken for granted you know, until, you're, until you're not there. Right, right. That's exactly right. So what's, what's going on, man? Anything? Some big races this weekend at Del Mar. It's it's uh, probably the last big weekend of racing. Next weekend, we get a little bit of a break, and then it's the Kentucky Derby, man. It's going to be crazy in two weeks from this Saturday. So it's a good weekend of racing. One of the top horses in the world, maximum security headlines, the Pacific Classic. I don't know why. I mean, it's not showing up on paper, but I'm feeling like internally something might be a little bit vulnerable. I, I have him to win, but... I don't know why. I just have this feeling that maybe it's he might disappoint this time. Hmm. You think so? But you're calling him like the greatest horse on the planet. Well, I mean, 
if you look at his money, um, he's sixth all-time winner in terms of prize money earned hmm. at a little under $12 million. So if he wins this race, he'll go over $12 million. He'll still stay in the sixth spot, but he's only a four-year-old, and he's only $5 million away from the number one spot from Aragid. I wouldn't be surprised, though, you know, if they retire him to stud him, but I mean, he's earned a boatload of money. He's proven that he was the best horse in last year's crop. Uh, and especially in the Kentucky Derby when he got DQ'd, I, I think the, I think, like I said, he's the, he, until someone beats him when he has a clean race, I'm going to say, continue to say he's the best race horse in the world. Okay. All right. And he doesn't pout like LeBron if things don't go as well as he'll fight. Oh, boy. <clears throat> well, LeBron's going to be pouting in just a few days. Yeah, well, he, if he was listening, you know, he, he might write in and let us know. Set up a fake Twitter account to call us out. Yeah, yeah. I'm trying to think. Who was that? Who was Kevin Durant. Yes, yes, KD. Mm-hmm. All right. Well, what race are we looking at first here? We're going to start in race number three, the Green Ooh. Flash Handicap. And it's five furlongs on on turf and it will be a flash it'll be over in about a, uh, less than a minute so <laughs> don't step out for some doritos or or drink or anything like that because by the time you get back it might be over well i i always have my doritos within reach at all times so <laughs> as you should i i try to keep them far away because with the when they are within reach i'm always reaching and uh you know I, i'm i'm working on getting in that to my fighting weight fighting weight that's right if, for those of you that don't know rich is going to fight an mma fight someday Someday, uh, hopefully, uh, when things reopen and I can train for a little bit, I'm going to train for like six months to a year. Got a lot of back um, back study in there from wrestling and martial arts, so hopefully it'll come back to me pretty quickly. Losing the weight's not as easy as it used to be, though. Right, right. But if <laughs> one you do- equals one pound, <laughs> I'm not sure that may. I'm not sure that tracks, but okay. Uh, sure, it seems like it. All right, so, what so are anyway, we, yeah, what are we looking at here? Flash handicap. Um, Sparky Villa is the favorite. He's the one horse at five to two. I'm going to fade him. He won his last race. He beat the horse that I have on top, but he hasn't won back-to-back races, I, I think, in a couple of years. So he has performed well on turf, Sparky Villa. But the horse that I'm putting on top is the um, – hold on a second. Let me screen down here. Is the number three horse. It's Baha Sur. It's five to one, so he offers some good value. He did run second last time. Um, he did have the lead late, lost it, lost by a neck. So, you know, just a, a little bit of a head bob to go on the right way. He might have won the race. But this will be a second start off a layoff. And when you look back through his history, he tends to take a pretty good step forward in the second race out of the barn. Mm-hmm. So I'm expecting him to improve this race enough to, to make up that neck and find the winner circle. So on a fast track, um, he's won four out of six. It's going to be on turf, and he's got a win and a second. I mean, excuse me, a second and a third on turf, but it's by a neck, and the other one's by three quarters of a length. So they could easily be two wins. So I, I think Baja Sur is a good value play here at five to one. So that's my uh, top pick in the third race. Number eight is my second pick. And that's Mike's Tis Now. It's a five and a half furlong race, which favors speed. So the horses that can get to the front are going to have the advantage because it's a short race and everybody's going to have to pass them. And they don't have a whole lot of time to do it. 
he's been on the front in his last nine races. So he's going to get to the lead. Fractions were pretty good last time out. He did get the better of Baja Sur when they raced a couple races back by three quarters of a length. I think he'll get to the front again. He's going to make everybody chase him, and he's nine to two. So you're getting a lot of value here yeah. as well. My third pick is the seven horse, which is Chaos Theory. And this is a horse that is also coming off the bench. It's probably the, the class horse in the field with four wins in eight races. But he hasn't really come off the bench sharp. The last two times he, he has, he's won his last time. He finished second by a neck before that. But then he finished out of the money or a, a well-beaten third in the other ones. He's He is training really well right now on turf, so I do expect him three straight bullets to come out and, and, and be aggressive. But he is a closer, and there's always that possibility that you get started a little bit late and don't give yourself enough room, especially in a short race, to catch the, the folks out front. So... I don't know that he's going to have enough late to keep up with a, a Mike Tisnow or a Baja Sir, but he's seven to two. And then, of course, there's the favorite at the five to two, the one, Sparkyville. So I have the favorite as my fourth pick. Hmm. So I'm going way out on the limb. Yeah, here. I see that. Yeah. And it's um, the four horse and the five horse are my alternative picks. I think they can do okay. Um, Toro say the four horse. He had a huge uptick in his speed number last time. And when he did that previously, he followed it up with a bounce. So he kind of dropped back in performance. So if he can hang on to that speed performance, which is a question mark, he can definitely factor. I'm, I think it's more likely to be flat than on his game. And number five, Masut is another deep closer. He's making his third start off the break. He's got two seconds and two tries at the distance and surface, but I think he'll need a faster pace than he's going to get to chase down tired legs late. And if I was going to go the closer, I'd much, much rather go with chaos theory. So in terms of betting, mm -hmm. I am just going to put, um, I'm just going to put three, eight and seven on the top of the ticket for the exacta with one, three, seven, eight in second place and i'm pretty much going to run it the same way for a trifecta 378 with 1378 with 1378 wow okay feeling good you're feeling good about this one yeah i, I you know i think there's good value here you know i i handicap these things without the, without the um without the odds because del mar is always kind of late in the odds yeah so I, I you know you spend a lot of time digging through the numbers and you know, I, I think the top two horses at five to one and nine to two offer some good value. Uh, I do think that they are a little bit above number seven, Chaos Theory, and number one. I think the running style fits Baja Sur and Mike Tisnow much better because speed does tend to win at the surface and distance at five furlongs on turf at Del Mar. So you got horses that fit the bias. You have horses that offer value that uh, you know should improve against horses that have some some question marks based upon where they are in their racing cycle. So I like it. I think that's a, a good value race to kick off the st the stakes racing at Belmont for the, for on Saturday. All right. Well, I like it. Yeah. And speaking uh, of value, we're going to continue to go with value because our five races, we're going to move forward to race number nine, 
which is the Del Mar Oaks. It's another turf race, but it's not a short one. The Del Mar Oaks is a mile and an eighth on the turf. But, I mean, there's only been two races so far at the distance at Del Mar at the current meet, but they're both won by horses that were close to the front. So I, I wouldn't be surprised to see some speed work out here a little bit as well. And again, I think we're getting some good value in this race. Um, my number one pick, the top pick I have, the horse to win, is the 10 horse. And that horse is Laura's Light. Ah, we've heard that name before. She's uh, three to one, which I think she is either the favorite or the co-favorite. But three to one is not a real like heavy favorite. It's a lukewarm favorite. Yeah, she is the favorite, though. Mm-hmm. She's raced on grass five times. And won four of them. So that's pretty good. And she finished second once by two and three quarters lengths. She got the lead at Del Mar in grade three. And she's only improved since then. Last time out in her first race since May, late May, May 30th, she came off the bench firing and she ran her best fractions ever. And I usually, when I see that, that's a, That's when you take out the highlighter and you highlight that on the past performances (laughs) because that's one of those things that always stands out. And she could be better in her second start off the break. Her trainer, Peter Miller, follows up a win with another win at 24%. So he seems to be able to place his horses correctly. At Del Mar, she has a win in a second. She ran the highest last race speed figure. Great improved fractions not paying it up for it at three to one. I don't see any reason why not to put her on top again. Hmm. Okay. My second pick is the eight horse is a uh, Neige Blanche coming out of France. <laughs> oh boy. And there's really not a lot um, of information available, but she's raced in France in a lot of grade, some high-level races, she's never finished worse than fourth. She's got three wins in a third. And just from what I can find online in videos, it looks like she's a quality horse. You're getting good odds. And a telltale sign is when one of the top jockeys, and, and Flavian Pratt is one of the top jockeys out on the West Coast and in the country, for that matter. And he's cho- he's chosen the ride you know, a horse that nobody knows anything about. So his his agent's probably telling him some really good things about the horse, and that's why he probably took the ride. Plus, you know, it's a chance to cash a good check. And the horse is getting Lasix for the first time um, a lot. And, and it's something Lasix does. It helps horses breathe. Yeah, yeah. And uh, and a lot of times horses that get Lasix for the first time, it's kind of like, you know, the first time you, you drink a, a, a monster energy drink or something. You're all fired up, so it, it gives horses a boost, gives them wings, Red Bull. And so we should look for a sponsorship now from Red Bull. Yeah, yeah, we should. But uh, So Lasix tends to work out well for a lot of horses. So I, I think this horse should show well in her U.S. debut. Number four is the third pick, and that's Warren's Showtime, 6-1, to one, Mike Smith riding. And Warren's Showtime has – Run on turf seven times, has four wins, two-thirds. Last time out, really charged hard, almost caught Laura's light late. And I I expect, um, you know, because those fractions are so much uh, brisker than they were last time, Mm -hmm. that Warren Showtime might be a little bit closer this time around. 
tends not to be as far away as he was in the last race. I don't know if he just got off to a bad break or what, because there's really no notes that says otherwise. But usually he's a middle-of-the-pack type horse. Instead, got off ninth out of 10. So I think he'll be closer, or she'll be closer, to the front this time around. And as a result, might have enough space late to catch Laura's light and the French horse. And then rounding out the top four picks is number 11, which is Guidi. Another French? Another French horse? Yeah, I know what they're doing to me with all these names, man. But this this horse finished second last time out. Again, another deep closer. He started 10th in the same race right behind Warren Showtime. So, And only missed by three quarters of a length. So this race is a little bit longer. So to give the two closers a little bit more room, that extra eighth of a mile might be enough to make up that three quarters of a length. And we're getting uh, eight to one odds here. So is another horse that I expect to be better in the second race off for layoff. My only worry here is that she came off the bench to run a super, her, her best speed figure by far. Now this can be a double-edged sword on this. This is, can be a really good betting angle because yeah. horses that come off and run their best race ever, it can be a sign like they, they're finding themselves and that's their new level. They've taken their game up. It can also be a sign that the horse is going to bounce next time and actually fall back to its more normal um, type performance. So I'm hoping it's somewhere in between the bounce and a new level. And if it is somewhere in between, it's still going to be good enough to factor late. And then my two alternative picks, because I always forget to give them, are trickle in number six and then number three, Miss Extra. And if you look at Trickle In, he's won three of four starts on turf. He's taken the lead, so the speed fits. and looks like she's getting um, better race by race. But she's coming in from Delaware Park, which is a secondary track, and, and has run at like 1A tracks instead of the, the, the top-tier tracks. However, she did break her, de- her maiden in her debut at Belmont, so she did start off on one of those first-tier tracks, but then moved down slightly in terms of class track. So that's always a little bit concerning to me. And Miss Extra is also coming in from France without the French name. So she spares me a little bit. Richard Mandela wins at 27% with horses that come in out of the country. She's a nice grade two win under her belt, um, but she's not as highly rated as the other French horse that we picked. So for my exacta, I'm going to go with the top three horses, number four, number eight, and number 10 mm-hmm. to win with number four, eight, 10, and 11 to come in second. And if you want to, you might throw the six in there just in case she can carry her form from Delaware to the higher level tracks, gets up on the lead, gets some easy fractions, and it makes it difficult for other to catch them. So you might think about putting the six in there, or if one of the other three, other four scratch, it's a good replacement. I dig it. Okay. Trifecta, same kind of strategy, 4-8-10. I think over 4-8-10, maybe the 11. And then I would put 4-6-8-10-11 in the third spot. We're not touching three. We're just – you don't think – Nah, I mean, the tickets start getting a little bit big. It's a little too big. She, beat, she beats you, right? I mean, it's yeah. – uh, she finished – Seven nine by seven lengths last time out hasn't raced in a while. Okay, okay. 
So I, I think that, I mean, she could surprise, but I'm going to, you know, the fact, I don't know. I, I'm just going to fade her. I know yeah. she's, you know, the nine to two. She's got a good jockey riding her, um, but I, I'm I'm fading her. Sometimes horses need one in the U.S. before they, they show who they are. Right. There's a limit to how many French horses you can take in one race, I see. Hell yeah, man. It's the French kiss of death on, uh, on horses. <laughs> yeah. It's all French, first, play, first, second, and third. All right. What else we got? And then we're moving to the headliner, my friend, the Pacific Classic. It's a half a million dollar race, mile and a quarter on the main track. And uh, we started off by talking about maximum security. You know, he, he's the headliner in the headliner. That's what people are coming to see. And he's hit the tape first. I mean, he's won 10 of his 11 races. The only one he didn't hit the tape first in. He stumbled at the start and still finished second. He did win the Kentucky Derby, but got DQ'd. But everything afterwards says that, you know, he's by far the best horse, uh, best three-year-old from last year's class, and maybe the best horse in the world. All right. And I think this race could be just a replay of a race that three of these horses were in last time out, and that's the San Diego Handicap. Midcourt took the lead. Maximum security kind of tucked in right behind midcourt and edged him out at the wire. This race is, uh, instead of a mile and a sixteenth, is a mile and a quarter. So it's three sixteenths of a mile longer. And that extra three sixteenths might turn the nose into a length or two for maximum security. A little caveat, I don't know why. I just have this feeling that maximum security might be vulnerable this time around. I don't know why, where it's coming from. Hmm. It's not on paper. It's not in any of my numbers. It's just you know a little bit of a horse player's intuition, I guess. Okay, okay. Oh, if you're tracking at home, this is race ten. If you're lost at all, race ten. Race ten. Yes, yeah, I'm just, sorry. Just, no, no, it's cool. Just I'm just trying to speak to the noobs too. You know, mm-hmm. <laughs> we're just trying to catch up. And the third horse I have is Higher Power. He's the defending champ, reigning defending champ. And uh, but there's not. He finished third in the race um, at the San Diego Handicap. He was considerably behind the two horses, uh, maximum security and midcourt, six and a quarter lengths. He, he finished third, but he was really never in the race. Mm-hmm. But he is a defending champ. And last year when he won, it was the best race that he's ever run in his life. So maybe he returns to form, gives you a little bit of value at eh, three to one. I don't think he's going to have what it takes to get to the better side of both maximum security and midcourt, he might get to the better side of one of them. Yeah. But I don't think he'll get to the better side of two of them. Okay. And then um, the three horse, <laughs> well, this one's from Argentina, uh, Marina Qua. All right. I think you got it. It sounds French yeah. to me. Like it's straight out of Quebec, like a hockey player's last name or something. But um, this is a horse that Argentina has run pretty well down there. Um, there's not a lot of data available. I put him forth just because when I look at the other two horses, Dark Vader and Sharp Samurai, I think that those two have more holes in their game that I can point to uh, than I can point to anything in the, in the Argentinian horse. So Dark Vader, he has hit the board in eight of his last 10 starts and nine of 12 on a fast track. And last time out was the first time and only time he's run at Delmar, and then he won. But he's taken up a big-time step in class. And no horse in the last 10 years has won this race 
coming out of an option, anything other than some other type of stakes race. And he's coming from an optional claiming race. Mm -hmm. And I just feel like when he's run against better competition, he's kind of struggled. He had a good race in a grade two where he finished three third by, but he was not really in that race on a five horse field by one and three quarters. He did run really well in Nebraska in the, in the corn hustler stakes at the Prairie Meadows in Iowa. He finished second by a neck, but again, Prairie Meadows is a secondary track. Del Mar is a, I mean, it's in Malibu. Maybe it's the, it's, it's the creme de la creme. Yeah. Right. And then when he ran another graded races, he finished, you know, fifth by 10 and, three by four and a quarter. So he's not really been in the higher level races and sharp samurai's run, I think hasn't run on dirt in something like three years. Oh my God. Okay. This is his first run on dirt and he's got the, the numbers on turf, but he doesn't his, his best effort ever, which again, it was a long time ago on uh, dirt. If he runs to that level, it's not going to be anywhere near the quality that he'll need to top either maximum security or midcourt. So I'm just going to put midcourt and maximum security at the top of my tickets. So one five. And then if you want to, you can back it up with every other horse in the race. So one, I, I'm, I'm throwing out the six because he's not done well. So I'm putting one five with one, two, three, four, five in the secondary spot of my exactas. And then on my trifectas, I'm going one five with one two five with one two three four five. You know, for two more dollars or however many dollars it is, if you want to throw the six in uh, the six in there in the back of the exacta, the back of the trifecta, just in case, and so you don't miss out on a winning ticket, I wouldn't be against that. But um, I do think that the top three horses are they've separated themselves from the bottom three horses with the caveat that we don't know what the Argentinian invader is going to do. Gotcha. Gotcha. So what about just making a straight win wager, leaving maximum security out? What if your gut's right? What if we, we could throw a few bucks on, you know, one, what, one, maybe one, two, two and three, three one, two and three. Mm-hmm. I mean, I'm going to assume with, with uh, maximum security there, people are going to be throwing a lot of money on him. The odds should improve for those other guys, right? Well, what I would think would probably happen okay. is that you'll see maximum security drop down maybe three to five, yeah, maybe two to five, because it's a really narrow field and mm-hmm. people don't know what to expect from the Argentinian horse. Midcourt and higher power, they both could see their odds maybe drop a little bit because the other three horses might not take much money at all. So I think... You could see 75, maybe, you know, 70, 60 to 80 percent of the pool on those top three horses. So I could see midcourt maybe dropping to three to one, five to two mm-hmm. and higher power at five to two. Okay. And then the other horses all well above, you know, 15 to one. Yeah. And in which case, if if that were the case, if I were going to pick any of the bottom three to um, maybe pull off the upset. I would I would go with the Argentinian horse. Yeah, it sounds like it. we should just take a little bit of a, maybe a little flyer on that. Yeah, maybe two dollars on yeah, him. At, yeah, you know, fifteen to one is a good return. It'll pay you thirty-two dollars on two. Right. Now you don't need to win many like that to uh, yeah. to turn a profit. No, that that's all supposing that your gut is right. Mm-hmm. I think if my gut were right, I'd probably backdoor exact to it with um, yeah one two three over the five. One, two, three, over the five. Okay. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah, I like that. 
So that would be how I would backdoor it. Those backdoor exactos sometimes work out pretty well for you. I mean, when the race is probably over maximum security, it'll probably be four or five, you know, horses in front of everybody else. And that'll just be some, you know, weird feeling from a lack of sleep because of my regular working hours. Right. You ate too many pizza rolls. That's what it was. Yeah. Messed up your gut. We don't do that in Chicago, man. We eat deep dish pizza. That's a casserole. It's not a pizza. Depends on where you get it from. Yeah. Well, okay. Good I'm going to send you one. We'll have like some. We'll have like some on-air bet on the uh, the morning show with uh, our picks one day, and if I win, you'll send me some barbecue from Kansas City, <laughs> and if if you win, I'll send you some Lou Malnati's deep dish pizza. Okay. All right. So we got it all covered. Anything else we need to touch on? That's it, my friend. You have a any stock advice? Oh, I did find a, a really nice stock. I'm glad you brought it up. Uh, the symbol is, I think, AFG, American Financial Group, which is out of Cincinnati, Ohio. It's an insurance company. They just raised their dividend for the 14th year in a row, which is a pretty good track record. And it pays a 3% dividend. And I was looking at its like earnings and sales forecasts for next year because this year's all you know COVID messed up and nobody really knows what to expect. And everybody's kind of hoping things return to somewhat normalcy next year, at least back to what they were in 2019. And if it hits its numbers for, for next year, there's about on, on a price to sales using the five-year average you know, you know, metric, it's about 50% upside in, in over the next 18 months or so. And then if you look at the um, earnings, there's almost 100% upside. But what really brought the attention to me for this stock was the the president of the company or the CEO. For the last, I think, 14 years I calculated, he sold almost $252 million worth of stock and didn't buy the stock not once in that time frame. And then suddenly last week, he steps out and buys three quarters of a million dollars worth of the stock. So he had something like 77 consecutive sells. Kind of like how many losses the Detroit Tigers have taken in a row to the Cleveland Indians. <laughs> and then all of a sudden he steps in and buys. Wow. Just like, a, just like Detroit you, today. It's a, it's a, yeah, just like you on Detroit today. Yeah, yeah. So, I mean, that to me, I, you know, I follow insider buying pretty closely because yeah. they know their companies better than anybody else. And Peter Lynch, who's famous, one of the best mutual fund managers of all time, said there's only one reason insiders buy their stock, and that's to make money just like anybody else. And when you see somebody have that change of a heart, it's like a you know 360 times four change of heart from going to selling a quarter of a billion dollars worth of stock to, you know, to investing three quarters of a million. That just stands out to me. So I think long-term, you know, a company that's raised its dividend 14 years in a row, I expect you'll probably see 15 next year. And as a result, you can hold it earn 3% right now at its current price, which is better than you're going to get at any bank. And if it takes two or three years to get over all this COVID stuff, maybe four or five before, you know, everything returns to normal, whatever the new normal is. <laughs> and then the stock, you know, picks up uh, where it should be relative to its historical valuations. And I, I, you know, that's, I think it's a really good long-term hold, nice growth and income play. Take it. Yeah, man. Symbol again is AFG uh, American Financial Group. Well, cool. So if you're curious at all, Rich is still handicapping horses over at Guaranteed Tip Sheet. 
every horse, <laughs> every race, every day. Jeez. Guys, yeah, a lot. crank it out. Yeah, it's, it's remarkable. And we've been doing pretty well, too. Like, you know, it's... The, I don't, I don't, we've been on a really strong run over the last couple of months. So uh, we've been hitting pretty high rates with our best bets and finding some nice tickets. Um, I don't know if I brought this up last time, but a week and a half ago, I, I hit a $13,000 trifecta. So mm. and just the other day at Delaware Park, a $32,000 uh, pick four. Oh, wow. That's can't, 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 uh, <laughs> I got no, I got nothing to say to that. I get, there's no joke. There's no shit talk. So. It's pretty yeah, good. Well, only, you, you, the only thing you can say is, why the, didn't you bet it? Oh, that's true. Yeah. That's because I'm too busy handicapping all the other things. That's right, man. We don't give you a moment's rest. Um, I'm actually going to do that right now. I'm going to go go rest for 10 minutes. All right. So Guaranteed Tip Sheet, Absolute Degeneracy. Those are the two websites you need to have bookmarked. That's it. All right, Rich, get out of here. Yeah, yeah I don't got to go home, but I got to get the hell out of here. But I'm already home, so what am I going to do? Information on this podcast may not be construed to offer any kind of investment advice or recommendations. Under no circumstances will the owner-operators of this podcast be held responsible for damages related to its contents. 